check, check. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another show where we only talk to men about men stuff. I'm just kidding. But man, it's nice sometimes like today. I'm just kidding. Maybe not. Not I am. So today we have four white guys, three out of the four of them straight, two out of the four divorced. And I want to make sure you guys... Specifically, the ladies out there looking at the title, you don't see it as, hey, hey, we were hurt too, sort of deal. The reality is we were. For the record, I believe that the ladies got the the shorter end of the stick. Yikes, these sex episodes, it's like everything you say reminds you of sex. Or maybe that's if you think like a middle schooler still. But I believe women were screwed. Damn it. Affected more poorly by purity culture. So I want to make a special note of the type of show that Pastor With No Answers is. One of our hosts today referred to Jesus as a slut. He actually thinks that Jesus went pouring around. Conversation. We value it. I don't think Jesus was a slut. I'd say it's even an offensive thought, a knee-jerk reaction to me sort of thought. But I want to talk about thoughts. And oh yeah, Ox is fam, so try it. Try to say something. Matt Oxley is also a part of the Pastor With No Answers family and team queer and dating a trans person. And I say that because in this episode, I actually felt that I made a joke in poor taste apologizing to Oxley after he said he didn't remember. So, huh. The question is, can you find the joke that I believe lacked tact and sensitivity. Also, we are not making any guarantees about F-word bleeps. We're probably going to wean off of them unless Mrs. Maddie texts and complains, and I'm serious. I will change it back. So lastly, join our patrons. Some of you have reached out about supporting at a higher level. And I'd always like to talk to you about that. But yeah, lots of stuff going on behind the scenes, I guess you could say, ministry-wise, that is helpful with. So reach out. Would love to talk. Lots of stuff going on. I don't feel like talking about it and right now. Check out the show notes if you want to know more about being a patron. But I will say one of the big things is we help people through donorcy this month and lands far, far away. We helped a newly widowed woman get back on her feet and an elderly woman get water the hell out of her house. I love this. Go check out Donor C. Enjoy the show. Believe in the good in one another. I love you and thank you for listening. Any moment spent with you is like a street of gold. Like the stories foretold or more. You make my heart believe again. At times it's hard. Sometimes I forget. How soft do your hands? How sweet are your lips? How tender your kiss? The length of your hair? The clothes that you wear? How we're the perfect pair? It's really funny because this conversation, I had one of you like, oh boy, one of you basically said that you needed to get permission yeah, me. from that was me. your wife. You, this guy. <laughs> so, yeah, so I may, yeah. and I may get you to like, it, it, on the official notes, like put Jed P so it's not Googleable. <laughs> right, right, right. Hey, but I, I, I want to say, I want to give you guys a, a welcome 
because I tell my listeners this all the time that I'm I'm actually going to be podcasting probably for the rest of my life. And I want y'all to know that y'all can join this podcast anytime. And I want to be podcasting for so long together that Hayne and Jed, we have to listen to Matt Oxley complain about how perverse our sexual nice, culture nice. has gotten. Yeah. Like that's how I long I want us to be friends. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. Let's do it. Can, can I can I start with a with a question about how God works? <laughs> oh. Okay. So tell me what y'all think about this. So so I had to go get a passport today and I had to set an appointment. So I get there, they're way behind and appointments basically don't matter, right? I would have been late to this, but the person in front of me, she goes in she comes back out. She's like, oh, you have to have black ink. And I did mine in blue. So I got to skip her. Do you think God made her write that in blue ink so that I would be on time hey, for man. this? It's looking out for Joey. I think it's possible, but I don't think in that way at all. I know. I, I was thinking I that, that. I really I was like, if that mistake didn't happen, I would have been like. I can think of a lot of other mistakes, yeah. too, that sucked me yeah. over. So maybe yeah. God was... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Matt, are you drinking out of a spaghetti sauce cup? Yeah, I'm country as fuck. So I do the same <laughs> yeah. thing, and I got that's why I recognize yeah, yeah, yeah. it. My man, I got I always get clowned for that. But why are you gonna throw away so a perfectly, perfectly good, good spaghetti, spaghetti sauce? sauce. Glass, yeah. glass. Thank you, Classico. That's a fine choice. Check this out. Sometimes the behind the scenes stories aren't interesting, but this one is. So I had a, a guy who was coming on just to give you a little context. If you if you want to talk fame, his name is is bigger than all ours. That even sounds icky. It just it just occurred to me because I had to cancel with you guys because being sick the night before we were supposed to record with this guy. I was like, you know, I don't know if he knows just the degree uh, and how deep we're going to go with this. And so I just told him, I said, hey, just letting you know, we're probably all going to go into details involving our sexuality as a kid, masturbating and all that stuff. And I'm so glad that I did because I would have been in the worst <laughs> podcasting situation ever. I really think that guy would have said, I'm sorry. I'm just because he texted immediately. It's just like, oh, I don't know how I would make that work. Like just yeah. hell no was basically <laughs> yeah. the consensus of his text message. But I was like, oh my gosh, that would have been disastrous, man. <laughs> that would have been so and awkward. really awesome. Though. <laughs> so, awkward. so I do want to go person to person, hear your story, your upbringing, having to do with purity culture or not purity culture, however you grew up in, but definitely in the context of your Christian faith. But before we do that, because I really do want to hear everybody's story, before we do that, let's just kind of warm up a little bit. I've been thinking a lot about sex lately. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you say warm up, are you talking getting some like the out? like the about? yeah? Are like we gonna like, like fluff? Get some like fluffers? the philosophical, theological. Like in other words, I'm gonna have a uh, is there a sex in heaven oh, part God. two because it's turned from a theory to I'm I'm pretty sure sexuality is not gonna go away, but that's 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 gonna be a, a later episode. At its very core, isn't all arousal sexually? Shouldn't it be framed as positive? <sighs> See, as I say out. that, I'm stumbling because of the because of the child say, predator thing. I think, I think thing. rape right, so, blows that out of the yeah, water. Yeah, let's 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 take that out of <laughs> let's let's take the and little kid thing out of the picture. I don't I don't I don't I 
don't think I'm I guess comfortable what I'm, with this conversation right. anymore. We just <laughs> what what all right, so let me let me frame this up like with a specific example. If if I'm a head I'm a heterosexual guy, I'm married. Could have fooled Christian me. Moral, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Christian Christian morals and all of that. If my first reaction to what I what we would all say normal, healthy sexual response, if I had sexual arousal to someone that I find attractive, at its very core, that's a good thing. You know, for those Christians who are affirming, put two guys in that same equation. Anything like arousal is a good thing. I'll just say it's a thing. And the reason it's the context of the arousal has a moral position. Yes, the context of it that makes it either a good thing or a bad thing. Because because let me just tell you why I'm even going here. I was was raised where my go to with sex was bad dangerous it's so bad we're not even going to talk to you about it we're not really even going to educate you and and i'm trying to take sex at its very core and the fact that god gave us the ability to have that sort of pleasure arousal is is built in us so it just seems like if you start with arousal that is never that's not a bad thing it's what you do with it it like it really and and are, are you, uh, again, eliminating the extreme. I think it would be a, a little misguided here. to say from, that it's good, good or bad. Like one of the things I use to teach my children about uh, about yeah, let's just use fire right. as, a, as an example, or teach them about anything by using context. No, fire is not good or bad. It's just fire. And if fire's in my wood stove, it brings us warmth yeah. in life. It's on my couch. We all die. So I think of arousals yeah. being similar. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. That are makes are sense. you familiar with the subreddit confusing boners? <laughs> No. Okay. So the uh, the uh, the basic premise of that is this. This think, is the this is we we have Jed on for like the intellect, oh, like yeah. to dig a little bit deeper. So uh, thank you, Jed, for the, bringing the that. basic thank premise you. is this is this is arousing, but why <laughs> or should it be or. This is arousing, but I don't oh. like it. So it's like, yeah. That, yeah, sometimes arousal can come with a little bit of shame or like, wait a minute. Why is this? Uh, I don't want to be, but it is. Very, yeah. At the very least, we're panicky as as Christians. It's like, OK, are we sexual beings or not? Because if we are, we are a little too freaked out about sexual stuff. And and I, I want to say to my l- listeners that I am really going to press myself to to lean very liberally into these notions I've been thinking about. I don't want to apologize anymore for telling people my thoughts. So these are notions I, I have in my head as I'm framing up sex again, but really thinking about sex in general, everybody oh, messed sure. it up. Yeah. Like it's it's everybody messed it up. And I'm curious how Matt thinks through this now that you don't believe in, in God. And I don't want to speak for you. That's, that's goes a lot, a lot deeper. It seems like a big mismanagement on God's part. If the evangelicals are right, that this, I'll speak from a guy's perspective. If this thing between your legs is, is so natural and just at a certain age is you're about to explode, like sexual stuff is just, it's just crazy. It's just big. It's just, it's unbelievable and is going to be the thing that is the worst. If we mess up like that thing, if we mess up, 
is like the worst thing ever to mess up in. Like that's big. If the Christians are right, that's big mismanagement. It's like, come on, we've we've screwed it all up. And I honestly, I don't think it's just a church thing. Like I think it's it's church culture, secular culture, if we want to use those words. Like we've all messed up. Probably the greatest possible gift we could have ever been given. As I want to ask Matt about about the God thing. I was talking to a science guy the other day and orgasm feels like... seems like one of those things. I don't understand how that evolves. An orgasm just seems to be like something God says, hey, this is a gift. I want you to be able to experience that. How does an orgasm evolve? How is it a product let's of stop. evolution? Let's, listen, let's... And it evolves <laughs> okay, to an right. eruption, this extreme pleasure. Is that, what, is that your question? Do you, do you mean over no, millions saying, of years? Like yes, what evolved? I'm saying... Okay. Yes, like oh, for, for example, it, pre, pre that's, yeah, a, that's pre, an easy explanation. It's just pre, like you or, needed to procreate, therefore your brain figured out we need to make this feel extraordinarily good or your species uh, will die. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. Way before so humans. so uh so an organ uh, an organ of flesh just adapted to knowing that this has to be a very it's, arousing. It's the reward system of so if, if you didn't. Here's the thing: our brains are wired to remember pleasure and forget pain. If you only remembered the time that you threw up from food poisoning, you'd never eat again. So your your brain is really good at shucking that information and remembering that delicious steak because it is beneficial for your survival to eat. So you're gonna remember you get rewards that's how the that's how people get addicted to things is the reward system gets hijacked the the hierarchy of needs of survival you you get brain rewards for it so that you'll keep doing that's it. also why we get so much dopamine because from eating it's because we're rewarding yes. ourselves yeah. same it's like and okay. how the signals can get crossed but i think i think we're talking about happen. like physical i physical, get it like, i get it. i yeah I, I i get it but can can any of y'all imagine your finger evolving into something that could just give you unbelievable pleasure like oh, i can masturbate my finger now my, my finger can, can i'd give like to pleasure, say that mine do. <laughs> nice. i'm saying i'm saying if your finger <sighs> nice. turned into an organ that had that capacity when when does it start like when did that organism oh some Something felt good, and now I'm motivated to like. To me, it just sounds like I mean, a, a somewhere. A from God. Yeah, I think the, it was planned. Yeah, yeah. I've, but, but I think Matt, it was planned because I, did, yeah, yeah, I yeah. didn't play. Yeah. Matt, how do you think if there is no okay. God, I would imagine that you would see the morals behind sex a little bit different. Oh yeah. If it if if we really are in a naturalistic existence where there's there's no supernatural, then that's a big game changer when you even talk about something like sex before yeah. marriage, like sex before marriage. What I'm asking is, you came from the same place that that we came from too. I'm curious what you think the disconnect is going to be because there's going to be a, a very like, foundational disconnect between all of us and you because we're thinking from like a supernatural supervision yeah. of a higher being and you don't have that in the equation. So you're probably cool with like murder. I and love rape, murder, right? Like not really. So is right, Joey as well. Pagan to each his own. Yeah. No, I mean the way I would frame that now is I kind of approach all morality the same. Is is there a victim? 
if an, if victim exists, then mm. what you're doing is probably immoral. If there is no victim, then you're probably okay. There's no yeah. divine. What do you do with like objectivity though? Like like I guess you are your own arbiter deciding if there's a victim well, or not. I think you'll find out if there's a victim if there is. I mean, I'm also a communist, so I believe that any consumption is inherently has victims. So everything mm. that we do is immoral. It's very hard. To, to I, love, I love I've I've got a guy on the show that says I'm a communist. I love it. I've got oh, evangelical oh, mean, listeners well, I mean, listening to one of my co-hosts that you said, mean, uh, yeah, I'm a communist. You mean to tell me the atheist is a communist? <laughs> Big surprise. But wouldn't I mean I know we're getting a little off track here, but couldn't we I mean, of course, I'm totally healthy kidding. Communism, but couldn't we say that in a communist regime that there are victims as well? Well, yeah, the, but communism shouldn't have regimes. Right. The, I'm I'm philosophically a communist. Gotcha, yeah, yeah. yeah, like idealistic, idealistic yeah, yeah. communism. That makes sense. Yeah, like you know, it should be you should treat your neighbor as if as yeah. if you have the the same interest. Communism in theory is essentially like so utop- like the Garden utopia, of Eden, right? right? Yeah. Like it's like a utopia. Soviet, I, like yeah. the idea of like early what was going on in Russia in like the late 1800s was Soviets were being formed, which were just worker coalitions where they took control of the means of production. Right. Things kind of went downhill once they tried to combine all of the Soviets into one big union. That's when things got out of the control of the worker. All right. So the new the new name for this episode Sorry. is going to mm-hmm. be guys guys purity culture and communism. No, I, I I'm the one that. But like that philosophy, that'd be a classic. That philosophy title. drives my morality, so it's sure hard to no talk that, about morality. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. It really does feel as I, I really was reflecting a, a lot on this, and I'm I'm not joking around. It really does seem like the church. It, it's so it's so messed up because I think about my parents giving me a book saying read that them not even wanting to have a discussion <laughs> well why were they so uncomfortable because yeah. their parents were and their parents and, and now here we are and it's like we have patience for kids as they're learning how to walk they're learning how to crawl but when it comes to sexuality not only are we not helping but we're getting upset and frustrated when people barely out of their moms are messing up with with mm sexual stuff. So, I mean, it, it really feels like something that we need to hit the reset, reset button and start framing sex up differently. That's my little soapbox. Let's all try to give our snapshot story and let's let's see if we can do it in, in five minutes. Like I'm going to really try to run through this quickly. So I, and it was about in middle school, I started hearing guys and they doing, doing the hand motions like it's coming and I'm whacking off and I didn't know what they were talking about, but I started to pick up on well, I think that whatever they're talking about feels good. And so I just started using context clues. So never forget, I was in the living room area. My brother was in his room. Thank God he didn't walk out on this. That'd be traumatic. I was in the seventh grade and I just, I just started to masturbate and I was like, this is, this is a joke. Like what, what good is this doing? But then there was just that one little split second of, oh my gosh, what was that? And then obviously your first orgasm, it's like you discovered like the answer to, to life. I mean, it was just, Next thing, it's all consuming. I, I would try to watch Playboy Channel after eight o'clock if my parents. <laughs> 
parents aren't there there to see everything lined up and and all of that. But here here's the deal. This immediately immediately turned into hell fear. Like this this was already programmed in my head. So I immediately went to this is a sin, and if I can't figure this out, I'm gonna go to hell. Now I was so legalistic to the point of I remember helping my supervisor move out of a building, and it was a glass shelf, and I accidentally nicked it on something. And a year and a half later, I'm still asking God to forgive me because I never told him the truth about it. And now it would be weird to tell him like that sort of legalism. So for someone that could not stop masturbating, it was like super, super scary. I couldn't stop. I'm going to hell. This is like the worst sin is is what everybody's telling me. I don't think I'm going to be able to do this in five minutes, but it's going to be close. I, I'll never forget in youth group, our very conservative youth pastor, I, by by all, like everybody would raise their <laughs> hand and say, yeah, he's a very conservative guy. Well, he gives, yes. he splits it up into guys and girls. Well, the guys, we had this word scramble and we're like, what in the world is this? So we we see beat your meat and next thing, the, the deck of cards falls. We're like, oh my gosh, this is all slang for <laughs> masturbating. And so then it was just like super, super fun, like like figuring all that out. Well, I was taught for the first time and I was a, I was probably almost finished with high school that you, that masturbating in itself was not a sin. It was pairing it with lustful thoughts. And I'm telling you, if I did not go home that night and go to town trying to fight out the lustful thoughts, because at that point I had built up some discipline and, and stopping it. So it was like, oh my gosh, so it's not bad all the time. And it's crazy. As I think about this guy being super conservative, he got all the parents together to talk about sex. And I'll never forget him saying the same thing about masturbating. And I looked at my dad and I was like, really? Like masturbating? That's not a sin. He literally said, Joey, what, what do you think that I would do if something happened to your mom? And that's like the first thing my dad was ever like forthright with his sexual life. And then hearing something that that just blew up my paradigm of of masturbating. It was just crazy. So I went into this stage in college where I would would masturbate, but I would try to resist bad thoughts. Like I would just, I can't think about that. Can't think about that. But every six months or so I would cave and youngster caving back then looked like getting into your car, going to the checkout counter and asking for a dirty magazine behind that person. It's always kind of awkward because you know, they're thinking what you're thinking and you're getting this dirty magazine. So you buy something. It's literally, it sucked for Christians because it costs like $15 and then we're going to get guilty about it. it. Throw it away anyway. (laughs) And and for the record, I think they should be thrown away. So yeah, I would come home with this magazine and I'm telling you if I did not struggle with very heavy guilt and shame for like two days, like in repetitive, Lord, forgive me, Lord, forgive me. It was just awful. And now I think back, golly, I, I, I wish that that young Joey Svensson did not have to go through that. Now where I'm at, I'm in a stage where I see sexuality as a powerful force that requires great care, but it has to start with good. It has to start with this is a good thing that we mess up often because I'm in a stage now to where I have to teach my sons about this stuff. They have access to porn in ways that we could never dream of. I've got to figure out a way to help them grow up respecting women and valuing what sex can do in a relationship, but not feeling, I mean, an ounce of guilt. Uh, Like, 
no guilt at all for reasonable release of sexual tension. I definitely have explored some of the what Nadia Boltz Weber wrote a book, Unashamed, I think, and it's a very progressive treatment of human sexuality. And I would say to my listeners who are familiar with that sort of radical talk, like I, I'm, I'm open to it. I don't think my evangelical fundamentalistism will ever let me go all the way in my sexual ethic, but a lot of it is making sense because it just seems like we've just read so much out of the Bible that just really isn't there. But that's it. Was it 10 minutes? Did, did no, that was, uh, that was seven. Yeah. Oh, Joey, Joey, thanks. Thanks for sharing. Um, great show guys. <laughs> that was a great show. Thanks. Thanks for giving us that. You don't want to share with us yeah. about how you touch yourself. Yeah. I oh, ain't sharing shit. You guys aren't going to share a masturbation story. Oh my gosh. That's what this was supposed really? to be fellas. Well, I, I was an early bloomer. I remember I got in trouble in like first grade for playing with myself in class. I didn't know what I was doing, but I got in trouble for it. So I had to have been really early to it. So, so oh, would wow. you would Wait, you say that are we, are we doing are we doing the the everybody five minute thing or we devote do we going something else now? I was trying to save it because you guys got nervous. <laughs> no, oh. I mean yeah, yeah I'll go. I thought Hayne was going. Okay. I mean, no, I sometimes going or coming. Comes right going or coming. <laughs> sometimes i don't know i don't know all right all hey, right we, we don't keep matt, going matt, no no hey, matt, matt matt go hang hey go, real quick I'll we're go. in trouble we're in trouble because we don't have ellen or priscilla or anybody to keep us in line so no. <laughs> well matt has got me very stimulated so keep going matt. <laughs> yeah I, I got a confusing boner going on right now i didn't too, so. i didn't realize that you were you were being facetious uh, the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Too good at it. Uh, but I was just a really early bloomer, apparently, because I remember getting in trouble in school when I was in first grade for doing something involving mm. that. And I know that, like at that age, I didn't like think girls were hot or anything. Was, so it uh, wasn't sexual in nature. I wouldn't say. I don't would think you? so. I think yeah. it just felt good. Like I've had, I had a. I don't want to like say anything identifying, but young children who are related to me, like when they're really young, they'll they'll like hunt things and yeah stuff like that so like mm -hmm. you pick it up at a really young age you might just forget it but i don't think i ever forgot it so it kind of came an almost all the time thing for me when i was really young and then my parents my dad was real bad about trying to make me feel guilty for it and then church made me feel guilty later on but mm -hmm. i never could go six months without it yeah it's kind of incredible i yeah. i I tell you what, I was talking to someone recently. He he's actually a fellow pastor friend of mine, and I thought you're gonna it, say fellow masturbator. <laughs> he was fellow masturbator too, I'm sure. I it really was kind of like aha moment to realize that not everybody, when they discovered masturbation for the first time, felt guilt, and so it was like the best thing ever. Like I can go to Disney World anytime I want to at the drop of a hat. Like like I can't imagine what it felt like. <laughs> To be able to feel that and not feel guilty about it. It really is crazy to think of other people's yeah. upbringing. With oh, I, I was a kid and figured it out on a pool jet. On a pool nice. jet? A pool, yep. yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. You're, you're, you're on the you side of a community oh, pool. Oh, God, I'm about to share a lot of stuff, but you go. Oh, hey. right. Yeah. No, I, no, mean, no. I mean, Jed freaking so, said that you, like, this is tied to your drug addictions that you yeah. have, that you are on the other side of. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, purity culture for guys is serious, too. It's messed us up, man. Jed got messed oh, it, up in it, the drugs for crying it out. It probably, loud. yeah. It uh, kind of like Matt. One one of my earliest experiences was playing Batwoman and 
or Batman and Catwoman in like kindergarten with like this little girl was like my girlfriend and like we would kiss or whatever. And I went home and I told my mom about it. She was like, don't do that, honey. Like, that's bad. Also, there was some. And wouldn't you say mistake number one right there? Are we all in agreement that that's bad advice? Yes. Yes. But I don't. If my mother hears this, I do not blame her. She did the best she could. Um, She feels awful about that. My mom does, too. Then there was some same-sex experimentation with friends, uh, which I would later learn in therapy is extraordinarily common across the board. But I remember a friend's mom catching us and feeling like I had to hide something and feeling incredibly shameful about it, even though I was Mm -hmm. a child. I mean, I'm talking like three or four. You don't know what you're doing. Um, But for some reason, maybe because of this God thing, I I was like, oh, this is this is wrong. And so then around when I went through puberty, I remember I was downstairs. We were watching Skinamax. (laughs) I was laying down on the floor on a pillow. And I think I just like adjusted. And I was like, oh, what is going on down there? That feels good. (laughs) That was kind of cool. (laughs) That was kind of cool. And so then you just keep adjusting and, and things happen. Right. And. So we had the the night at youth group when the the man sexual educator and the woman sexual educator come and they split the rooms and the dads came with the kids and the moms went with the yeah. girls. Yeah. And I famously the, the guy was going on and on about masturbation and. I raised my hand and was like, what's masturbation? And everybody <laughs> laughed. Uh, my dad looked so embarrassed because I'd only heard it called like jacking off, but I right. still really didn't know what it was. Right. And then kind of like Hain, it was like I figured things out. The the jets in my bathtub, uh, certain stuffed animals. I mean, <laughs> it's, uh, salad shooters. In Ottoman, this will like really, really get. It'll really get weird if Jed starts identifying who those stuffed animals were. Like right now, uh, we're good. We're good with the general concept, but if he says like Donald Duck, it's like us. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> and so went through puberty and suddenly became like attractive to girls, and I started like hooking up i went by the everything but penetration loophole so it was a lot of hand stuff mouth stuff but i felt extraordinarily guilty the other big thing that really screwed my life up i would watch porn tapes and the thing that i took away was to pleasure a girl you have to last for seven hours yeah and i how whatever dude so i would use lotion a lot which just made my junk hypersensitive. I was like a minute man. And I remember my first sexual experience was this. I was making out with a girl and she laid on top of me and I came in my pants in like a second. I went from having the best time of my life to I wanted her to die. Like I just felt so gross about myself. It was awful. It was awful. I figured out that certain drugs would give me stamina. It was kind of a twofold wow. thing. Jeez. They would give me stamina and I wouldn't feel guilty. So wow. Wow. like, like, like post orgasm, you wouldn't feel guilty. Yes. It would delay the orgasm and then it would take care of the guilt too. I mean, literally all of my early relapses were pretty much because I would get sober, go have some kind of sexual experience and just feel like absolute like recite the sinner's prayer, scum of the earth. And I remember when I was 16, I finally lost my virginity. And I remember I immediately called my friends 
and bragged. And as soon as I hung up with the last one, I broke down just like, what have I done? I have Mm. committed the most egregious sin in the world. Like you are disgusting. And the Mm. irony, I mean, the The irony irony. that was originally a gift. Like it, it seems like people, like if you want to imagine what God's response is to something like that, it's like a a comforting dad puts his hand on your shoulder and saying, you know what? You're probably a little too young for that. That's, that's a little complicated. Like that's, that's kind of how I would see God handling that. You know know what? Why don't you, why don't you avoid that? Okay. And yeah, I can explain why I like it. It's just not good for you right now. Wouldn't that be a lot better than thinking, oh, no, now I'm going to go to hell and I can't talk to anybody it, about it either. Right, it right. ruined my right. early relationships. because oh, Then because I remember, too, one of my and, and it was always intertwined with like my sobriety. Like I'd finally gotten sober when I was 18 and I was dating this girl, but we were sleeping together and I wanted to try out for the local college worship band and I made it and we were playing. And one day I said that I was sleeping with my girlfriend and they kicked me off the worship team. Yeah, wow. And I had to go to that girlfriend and say, hey what we're doing is a sin. And you can imagine how that went over with her. (laughs) And like, long story short, it was just like, it wasn't the only, you know, I'm also a drug addict. You can damn well bet that amount of emotional displacement. And there was a solution for that nearby. I'm going to go do that because it was just like awful. Yeah. Awful. Yeah, I do want to interject a a huge part of my story, but I'll make it very short is I think purity culture ruined me and Priscilla's sex life at at the get go. It it was it was really bad. Like our honeymoon was really bad. Many Mm. factors going into that. But that was that's a tough blow. The effects of purity culture on me, I definitely see as as more minimal. But I had sex built up to this. Like this is what my whole life's meaning Mm -hmm. is, is waiting for this and getting this when my wife is emotionally spent because of some relational dynamics at her wedding. Now I know as a 44 year old man, I could probably, we could probably be intimate tonight. It's just going to take some time. But at that moment I was bitter. I was like, wait a second, we've been holding out all this time. And now you're going to have like little things you're upset about. No, no, of all nights. And so that was really messed Uh. up for her. And I'm, I'm telling you, we were virgins. Priscilla would basically say same philosophy that you explained, Jed. And and I was even I was even more of what you would call pure. I'd say even with the guilt, one of the best times we had together was when we were checking out a potential new house, like a starter home, and we were making out. We were basically engaged. It was further than I've probably been in a, you know, because I just didn't do a whole lot, but I, I had like the premature ejaculation. I think both of us remember that time as, man, that was so much fun, but we really didn't enjoy it because immediately came the guilt. And I think that's hmm. what most evangelicals will have high issue with. And I totally understand. That's why I'm just communicating these these things in my head. But I do, I, I would have loved for Joey Svensson. And I'll just end it here. I'll, I'll say it here. I wish Joey Svensson of 2001 did not feel guilty. I wish he could have enjoyed that day and say, you know, I'm a sexual yeah. being. I really love this woman. Maybe, maybe we're going a little too far. Maybe not. But all in all, this is a good thing. Like, I, I wish that I could have thought that Priscilla had a really hard time flipping the switch of all of a sudden this thing that created so much guilt and so much repentance and is supposed to be good now. 
like anything. Yeah, and, and exactly. so it was, oh, yeah. it was super hard for. I, yeah. I I'll go so far as to say I think our our sex life has been permanently altered by purity culture. I've it never thought about it that be. way. Yeah, I never thought well, about it that way, but it's permanent. And that and how it affected the first marriage was one of the reasons I was like, oh, okay, this is probably the one I'm going to marry was because it was for the first time I, I had sex and I didn't feel guilty. And I was like, okay, so this is this is a God ordained thing. In my mind at that time, I was like, this isn't considered it will be a sin if if we break up but since we're engaged and this is the one I'm going to marry I don't have an issue with it we get married it became clear that we had very divergent sex drives and ideas about it then i turned kind of my anger toward god where it's like okay so you're telling me i had all that fucking guilt for all those years i play by your rules and i finally do it the right way, right. and then the person doesn't even want to? What right. kind of bullshit is this? I mean, I would say, un- like, to this day, I mean, as an adult, this idea of guilt and all that has just carried with me. Trying to help all of our listeners understand, I'm, I'm sure most of them do, but for a guy that was raised up in purity culture, what Jed just explained is like world ending shit. It's yeah. like monumental heartbreak. Yeah. I did all of it the right way. And what was supposed to be the best thing ever, now you don't. I mean, that's, I mean, when, when yeah, I, yeah, yeah. It, it took me years to get over the fact that our honeymoon sucked. Like now it's, oh yeah, live and learn and made us who we are now. But probably first 10 years, I was like, why couldn't we have just had a daggum good honeymoon, man? I know. Like, <laughs> sure. So I have. It's interesting. Thing. Okay. So I I met my ex-wife in middle school and we dated through middle school and then yeah. got married at 19 and 20. Virgins the whole time, barely doing the hand and, you know, barely touching, just yeah. trying to be good, fit this standard that is just impossible. My honeymoon was a complete disaster, just a fucking nightmare. I ended up with blue balls and she Ugh. was in pain. It was just, it was just horrible. Horrible. Yeah. Oh. Mint flavored lubricant, which is should never be used the first time. (laughs) Wow! Uh, It'll cause a lot of pain, and it'll just end your night. (laughs) But I didn't know. I don't. I don't even know if I knew that it was that. Through our whole marriage, it was always like we we really couldn't meet each other sexually in the same place. We had moments where things were great, but it was very rote. You know, it was like this formula works for you, so we'll just do that. It took us a long time to explore anything that wasn't very even this is long after we left the faith you know right took us so long to explore anything because we just didn't know mm. what we could explore yeah and i'm 36 now and i'm just really starting to figure my sexuality out i know it's the most natural maybe one of the the best things and nobody gives you any damn guidance <laughs> i mean seriously who who guided us? We would in middle school. I remember Gosh. we would like we would sit around or in high school, we would sit around and basically like literally I remember having the conversation of like, man, when you're married, you can just get as freaky oh, yeah. as you want. Oh, and, yeah. Like <laughs> what a ridiculous idea. Not she's that, not that, freaky. Exactly. But <laughs> yeah, that, bingo. But it, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But it was but you might want to know that first, you know, that's for sure. Oh, I wish I had known stuff like that. But Hayne, look, we haven't we haven't heard you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's so interesting because I I think we all grew up in, in that church purity culture, and I think we were hearing the same messages. I think I'm unique in the bunch is in that I was not getting that message at home. My, I wasn't either. My, yeah, you know, I wasn't getting the message. I, I I was getting a proactive message from my parents, and because I think I just respected them more 
because they were my parents and they were good people, I listened to them more. So the messages that they were giving me, they were, they were pro- proactively giving me, like I, I was encouraged to masturbate as a kid, which I know blows most people's wow. minds, you know? And I was like, yeah, you know, I've been jacking off guilt-free for decades now. <laughs> you um, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> now that all being said, my parents were always about context. We'll talk about it. I mean, kind of, I gave the illustration earlier about fire and the wood stove or on the couch and blah, blah, blah. And for them, I remember my mom telling me who she was a registered nurse my parents are just super practical people. And their whole thing was, listen, I remember that being told this, you are going to come to sexual maturity 14 and you're going to have all this stuff bubbling up inside you. And it is okay for you to find releases for that, that are not going to put you in a compromising situation where you're going to create unwanted pregnancy. We think that it's healthiest for you to wait until you're married. I kind of had a green light. I can remember as a, oh my a 16. God. I, I like know, me, me, and, me and Jed are just mesmerized right <laughs> that, now. That sounds lovely. <laughs> as a 16-year-old, I, I didn't have, it wasn't porn, but I think I had a bunch of like pages I ripped out of my mom's Victoria's Secret. And I would fold them up and I would hide them. I had this little boom box and it was a plug-in, but the, the battery <laughs> compartment I would take yes. the battery cover off and I would have them in there because I had a I had a pencil case. Yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. So I had I had a place to to hide that stuff. And I did hide it because I was warned about pornography and things like that, which I think whether you're a person of faith or not, there's a valid discussion to have about the dangers of pornography and what that's neurologically doing to you. I'll put that aside for later. But I can remember my sister borrowed my boombox and she found the pictures. Like she found them and she <laughs> she held them up and it's like, oh, I'm taking these to mom. Oh no. Oh no, oh, no. And she's running across the house and I'm behind her. Well, then I kind of stop and I hear her talking to her and she's, you know, look, look at what I found. And you know, Haynes Boombox played it out. And we're walking in and I felt ashamed. And my mom just kind of looked at me and smiled and she just kind of tapped them. They were on the kitchen countertop and she walked away. Didn't <laughs> throw them away. That's so sweet. Okay. I, like I, I got the Jed, these are someone's sister. Oh. This is someone's mom. Oh, no. I swear. Oh, yeah. I swear. Oh, yeah. Horrible. It, it wasn't my dad that confronted me on it. It was my mom. Oh, gosh. Oh, Dude, man. Y'all, y'all, listen to how, y'all listen to how I was scared into this. I was told like in my 20s, if I don't figure out how to look at 20 year olds with more pure intent and, and just framing it up better, which I agree that that's important. But if you don't get it under control, you're you're not going to know how to interact with your daughters. And that's such bullshit. Oh, like, it, wow. Like, oh, even, yeah. even if I was even if I was a porn addict, I personally would not be turned on by my girls, I would still be able to relate with them, relate to them in normal ways, hugging and things like that. Isn't that crazy? Mm, that is oh, crazy. Yeah. It's pretty gross. It's, it, it's, in a lot of ways, it's a manipulation. Right. Yeah, yeah, and especially, and this is the other thing that almost, it's a broad brush, but in a large number of cases, those same youth pastors that told me stuff were banging the yes. girls right. in the youth group yes. or were perving yeah. out. And I'm not, I mean, it's not a judgment on them because it's just that, I guess, is just like, that is the result of this. It's right. just like, you cannot repress it it is yeah. gonna come out yeah. yeah it was like okay if i can't have sex then i got into some really weird masturbation habits which was yeah. way more damaging right yeah. we ask more about that how weird i'm curious as to that's what those dude i used to i used to have sex with an ottoman okay oh okay yeah <laughs> okay. i i cut i cut a hole in it that's... and i filled it with lotion and i went to town <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. No and that's how baby Ottomans are made. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, a- adding to Jed's point. So all of my, <laughs> m- most of my career oh my has, has been pastoring and it's been in an evangelical context. And I'm telling you all the couples, I'll say maybe I have done counseling and officiated maybe 30 weddings. And these are 20, I, I would say 85% of them, you would say, oh, these are evangelical couples. Like they kind of believe that way. I think one out of the 30 couples were not having sex already. That's what's mm. so crazy is it's like, it's That's... the thing that we talk about the most and it's the thing that we mm-hmm. don't do what we're saying the most. Well, but... here's the, th- that was my question about quote unquote, modern Christianity. What is the prevailing mindset these days? And, and my other question, too, was like, OK, does the Bible specifically forbade it or is it just a translation thing? Because American marriage today had. is not marriage back then. And the old classic argument of like, show me Adam and Eve's wedding certificate. Right. right. So go I mean, further does, on that. Matt, that was interesting. You're yeah, I think it was Paul. just an, an obsession Paul had with sexuality. And that kind of became the prevailing thought for a long time. And it, I, honestly, I think a lot of things that are prevalent today in Christianity are met are just situations that allow you to control people. So, so yeah, control, granted, yeah. though, yes. if I go through the lens of God's commands to us are for our own good and having been someone who has gone down the road of having tons of partners versus being monogamous it is like that is a the latter road is one of heartache and feeling like hurt and pain yeah. That is terrible. Mm. Like, I get it. I do see how it is better. And I guess I'll just speak for me. It's better for me personally to be with one person. Mm. So I, I can I can from from that perspective, I can see how. Yes. And there is for me, there is no pain like being married, for example, and then having to imagine that person sleeping with someone else. For yep. me, that's that is a yep. very gut wrenching yep. pain. I wonder if it's possible because I I'm looking at this through theological lenses like I obviously see the Bible a lot differently than I did, but it's still a go-to. I'm interested and I haven't done the research Every time sexual immorality is talked about, I wonder if it had to do with unfaithfulness, cheating, and lying. The word adultery, for instance. I wonder if it was a sin for a husband to look at another man's wife or a wife to sleep with another woman's husband. Well, well, and and back then, wasn't like pederasty and things like that more common? Yeah. And it seems like the rules were pretty much locked into don't mess with anything that hasn't hasn't been given to you. And and I say that to men and women, like you're if your spouse if you don't have your spouse, then that's not yours. Other than that, but then you all, have all the concubines the famous Christian fathers had, right? Like didn't some oh, yeah, the concubines and then and all the, the polygamy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think, and also I mean, is it not weird that God didn't just like set that place on fire? Like if it well, if, and, if this is as big of a deal as we say that it is, it seems like God's like, Yeah, I'm gonna send another flood. Here comes and flood a, part two. Apparently, like in Martin Luther's day, and you know, someone on the internet fact checked me, but it is my understanding that there were church prostitutes to basically handle the needs so that you don't fall into sin. And that uh, was like a, that was like an accepted thing. 
the Catholic priest thing is a whole nother display of how repression of something like that doesn't really work and it leads to perversion. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It, it just seems like there's a whole lot of stuff that we've kind of taken the freedom to to teach us one thing being okay and, and another. It just seems like, man, like it seems and, like we think that we've been told more than what we have been told. And I think that the, making such a huge deal out of, out of sexuality, let's put it this way. I think that pelvic sins are low-hanging fruit. I think it's a very low-hanging fruit. <laughs> Literally, and Mine is low, yeah, low. You know what I'm saying, boys? Yeah, but it's such an easy way to control. Like, how do you control someone's greed? That's that's simple. Well, have you jacked off, or have you uh, sexually immoral? Have you had sex with these people? Have you done this? It's just it's just so low hanging fruit that the church could use to control. Okay, yeah, that, that-, that was my question: was why? Okay, like why did this become the? marquee issue yeah maybe, i think you're it right. a marquee issue during the moral panic of like the 50s and 60s like that's when it became so prevalent in christianity because the idea was the godless communists are just don't call yourself that to, to re- uh, procreate and we have to be able to have a good standard family structure of people who will get jobs and pay taxes and continue to do that for the next hundred years so that we can kill the communists i really think that a lot of a lot of it in American culture is because of like Jerry Falwell's crusades. Wow. Oh, the irony! Yeah, Once yeah. yeah, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, it, it does make a lot, and it, it and it makes me so angry to think that my life was irrevocably changed because of an agenda. And yeah. it's like that kind like spiritual abuse like that. And I, I do, I'm not one of those people that looks back at my church and, and just feels like I got screwed. No pun intended. I truly believe they had the best of intentions. I don't blame them. I, my youth group and my pastors and my parents, they walked out what they believed and right. it was not malicious. I truly believe yeah. that. And it, it, helped me in as many ways as it hurt me. But that specifically, though, to just think that such a seemingly small thing could have such far-reaching impacts in my life is incredible yeah because it's, it's touching on something that's innately programmed inside you yeah you know yeah you know it's 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 something part of the essence of who you are is your sexuality we're so, so deeply connected to us in our yeah. own identity and for that to be manipulated for good or for bad although i would argue that any manipulation is a bad thing but for something to be screwed with to the point <laughs> screwed <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's amazing how many of our, how much of our language is connected to that yeah yeah but but so much of who we are wired to be our sexuality is such a strong part of who we are that when that starts to get skewed and wonked man of course it's going to do a fucking mind yeah. job on you and your identity yeah and i you, mean yeah. It, and it, it just seems like we took so much liberty like for example have y'all heard of soul ties Mm-mm. soul ties okay Mm-mm. so soul ties kind of a doctrinal terminology in the evangelical world means whenever you have intercourse and it uh, not this is only what Hain would call p and v inter- like this isn't any <laughs> this isn't anything other than that basically when you do that there is a connection there's a soul tie she takes a part of you that you can never get back and you took a part of her that she can never get back and it can be problematic in your marriages and it's, and it's like, and it's, like and it's the like, apple the apple with all the bites taken out yeah, of it. You, yeah. you don't get that. Oh, terrible terrible yeah. what a sexist a 
sexist yeah. illustration. Do you want to give your husband this bright, juicy apple or this disgusting <laughs> apple core? <laughs> but but seriously, where where did that come from? Where did they get that advanced of a teaching on something that they called soul ties? And I think the places that I'm really pushing on, and Hayne, you are part of this conversation, is we were talking about the movie 12 Years a Slave, two people in a really, really bad situation. They could possibly die a slave and they have a sexual encounter. It was very gratifying for them. And then they felt very sad, guilty, repentant about it. That to me just doesn't work. I don't understand why they needed to feel guilty. That to me seems like we've gone too far away from the simplistic aspect of sex being. It's a gift. It's a gift. I'm also, and maybe this I don't know whatever you want to call it, like old fashioned or um, conservative beliefs. And I have all of that. I, I'm, I'm sure I have yeah, all of that. Yep. I, I'm, I'm also not ready to denigrate sex down to just this thing that doesn't matter. And it, it's it's as it's as sure. simple as giving a handshake. I do sure. think it is spiritual in a way. I do think it is. And maybe that's, you know, I could be completely wrong and maybe it is just like bumping butts but to me it doesn't feel that way it doesn't it does not and i i don't like the pendulum swing to where now it's you know everyone in their grandma has an only fans and trying to normalize pornography and just everything it's like i don't i think it's a i do think it's a little more sacred than that i'm not ready to just like what what do you think about that matt like on the i guess I mean, I may or may not have an OnlyFans. Hell so. yeah. <laughs> Let me get that sub, son. Nice. <laughs> and, and it, Are you called the communist? I'm <laughs> <laughs> still trying to figure it all out. Jed, let, let me interject real know. quick. Jed, I think that the key is you said that this sh- it shouldn't lose its sacredness. I would say that that moment in those slave quarters that that movie depicted was a win. It it could have possibly been something not to feel guilty about. Yeah, and I haven't. But seen, it could have been. I need sacred. to watch that. Still. So basically, it it could have been a sacred moment. I think so, but I know that's way out there for evangelicals. I mean, bottom line, the the what what happened, Jed, is they may never get out of slavery. Uh, one of the guys is married. He was kidnapped, brought down south. He may not ever see his family anymore. A woman. Oh, so he technically cheated, but it was like yes. this extraordinary circumstance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it just yeah, yeah, it just yeah. seems like a bright sky, a bright light in the sky in this shithole that they're in. Like maybe that's th- something they can be happy about. But I, I so, get it. I get it. Do we so this is another thing that is very uncomfortable to talk about for people, but okay, if, if Jesus was fully man, like did he masturbate? Did he have I think he was wet dreams sex with a lot of people. <laughs> what's no, what's no, your no. uh what's yes, your why? Talk about that. I yeah. think he was hanging around twelve guys all the time and all of the women that may or may not be associated with that. There is no way, in my opinion, I just a religious leader. <laughs> Can you think of a religious leader of in recent history that isn't fucking half the congregation? Gandhi. Like if you're like a real... I mean, he did he did weird he did that stuff to tempt himself, but he never. Yeah, he was he's kind of an elected one, I guess. But like a, a messiah figure. All right, title all title update title update. Purity culture and guys, communism and Jesus had sex with all the women. All right, so I that's where we're going. I thought he's also suggesting whoa, whoa, whoa. the man, Joey. He's yeah, I thought you were saying who were his favorite. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. I don't. It's just no. obvious to me that there were the two closest there was disciples. Sexuality going on. Interesting. Going on. 
greet yeah, each other with a holy of, kiss. You mm. gotta compare this historical narrative to Messiah people now, people that call themselves Messiah now, and most of them have a sexual element. Messiah, well, and, and, and that's and that and that is where I would argue that really strictly due to my faith, it's it's yeah. that is another tally in the why he was different because I believe yeah. that he was different right. than these other. Sure. Yeah. messianic figures but and, i can and, and, i can see your point for sure yeah i just yeah, I, I don't I think too. jesus was god i think he's like cool as like uh, really cool and i believe in the things that i actually think he was teaching but i just think a lot of that's yeah. been kind of discombobulated yeah i think it's a thirty thousand foot view of this where the conversation has moved to i think it's kind of safe to say that there is no one size fits all for yeah. any of these scenarios i don't know how it could not be an emotional connection for me but I have friends that they claim, and I, I trust what they say, is that it is meeting a hunger and a need, and they move on, and that's right. and that's that's okay, that's fine. And we get into dangerous territory. When Do we you believe that though? That it is immoral because what you're basically <laughs> saying is, if it's consenting and you're not hurting anyone, then casual right. sexual relationships. And I think one- that it is fine. Personally, I do. You know, and yeah. I can totally get on board with Matt when he said if there's not a victim. I think the right. question that we have to ask you, deeper, though, about that victim piece is that even though two people may be consensual, could there could someone then begin to feel like a victim if yeah. they begin to feel emotionally connected and the other person wasn't? I, I, I was going to say, and this, this just sprung to memory. One of the other things that really influenced my association of like sex equals a bad thing was Late 80s, early 90s, Bible stories like Samson and Delilah, David and Bathsheba, (laughs) slasher movies, one of the themes was the people that have sex die first. There was, I remember watching the original miniseries of The Stand where Satan seduced this one girl and they finally had sex and that was like the evil thing. There was this X-Files episode where these witches seduced this man had sex with him and killed him that movie species where they use sex to kill and it was like i was so heard that message where it was like sex is this like lusty temptation and if you give into it your soul is damned or you're gonna die sort of thing my world was rocked one time when so i'm a big clemson fan i was the first clemson game ever it was i was in eighth grade my mom was like oh yeah he's an elder from his church like for for sure i know those guys and you can hang out me and the fellas we're i I think we're in the ninth grade we're just joking around that it was during the time where in the hotel lobby you see little vhs's that you can rent and and go take to your room where there's one called malibu beach like probably some 70s i I would say it's probably considered (laughs) porn and we weren't reading into it or anything but we're just like you know look at the pictures on this we need to do it we let that joke turn into we finally crossed the line and it's like let's get it talk about my world exploding we go upstairs into our hotel room and (laughs) where is this going here here we are watching he just said exploding and talking about yeah Yeah, yeah, we're basically watching a porn with grown men. So three grown men, mm. me and then my my two buddies. I thought this was supposed to be bad. Like, what in the hell is going on? And I, I masturbated in my sleeping bag, of course. But my whole world, I was like, what <laughs> has just happened? It's so crazy how things like that stick out in your mind. Like, I'll never forget just how off that all seems, you know? A, a good expression of where I'm at navigating this sort of thing is I'm not locked into fear anymore. 
And I think I've told this story on here before, but I'll never forget there was a a really attractive woman jogging my way. And I could tell even from afar that she was attractive. And I, I, I totally, my mind went to the default Christian route, like don't look at her body parts because that is a bad thing and you can't do bad things. You know what? I'm going to not look at her because I wouldn't want her to pick up on me looking at her feeling like, oh, this guy. And I want to respect her as a person, not as just a body part that's about to jog by me. And I'm telling you that I jogged by her with the biggest smile on my face because I felt like I avoided what we'll call sin but it was completely, but it was completely motivated by love. Like it wasn't about what I can or can't have. It was, I don't want to make her uncomfortable. And it is disrespectful just to look at her boobs, for instance, when she jogs by, but that was a big one. That was a big one for me. Do you think if you would have jogged by and seen that, that you could, cause I know where you're coming from. You could have used the energy that that created to, to push that torch for so. That is a really, really good question. That's a really good question. Because I, I think because I think you can. Now, now you, you, wouldn't, can. You, you wouldn't take that to the next level of watching porn before you have sex no. with your spouse. No, 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 no. You're just ta- you're talking about sexual context energy. is everything. Yeah. Context is yeah. everything. Wow. You know? That's and, interesting. Yeah. Well, you could all, you could look at it just from an am- animalistic perspective. There was this woman who was near your wife's territory. Yeah. And you have to go like make sure she knows what's up. That she feels <laughs> like the king or yeah. the queen yeah. tiger here. Yeah. We're we're, yeah. we're just animals, guys. That's all we are. We just want we want to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> we do. Oh, I can't get enough of your love. This is Robbie Madison, my friend and one of the co-hosts of the show. Sometimes I forget. Go to Spotify or iTunes and play it a million times, baby. Yeah, do put Jed P in the in the notes just to preserve my Jed professional. Yep. I, I, I talk I, I I busted out the fucking an Ottoman story for you. So I think Matt's on it. Don't put Jed P. Just type Jed Penis. I think that's Jed the- Penis. <laughs> Jed Peen. <laughs> Peen. Perfect. And the, uh, the, is- the 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 stuffed animal was like a two foot tall penguin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that changes Happy things feet. for sure. Yeah, I was always I was always told that a heated watermelon is is a good my thing. dude my friend's grandpa was like you boys ever go melanin and we're like what no. oh, he's like oh yeah we'd uh 
we go down to the watermelon fields at night on summer. <laughs> Please tell me everybody's still it. recording right now. And we just go to town on them watermelons. <laughs> wow. I never heard of that. A bunch of old dudes recommending it to children. This is uh, like Lord. That's, that's what they did back in the day. This they is like down Lord the melon patch. Oh, Lord man. Southern they culture, we're never going to catch a break from stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, bro. <laughs>